Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Rankable Podcast. My name is Garrett Sussman. I'm your host. I'm from iPoll Rank. And this week, I'm I'm stoked because I've seen this dude on Twitter, and he's one of those guys you have to follow him if you're into SEO because he just drops on LinkedIn as well, but he just drops knowledge bomb after knowledge bomb all about how you think about SEO, how you think about data, how you think about data science and NLP, all fascinating stuff. Thank you so much for joining me today, Marco. No problem. (laughs) Thank you, Gareth. Uh, oh, absolutely. So Marco Giordano, he's an SEO specialist and a web analyst from, from Sika, which is a, a Swiss cur- company, Swiss German, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And so you've been doing it basically only the last five years, but you, you've kind of gotten up to speed ridiculously quickly. And, and actually, one fact, apparently you were, you were awful at STEM subjects, like in school. <laughs> uh, actually, wait, I, yeah, I was very bad at my bachelor, yeah. like super bad. Really bad? <laughs> Very bad, yeah. And yet here you are, you know, getting into coding, getting into data, getting into data science. How how did you actually get into data science and SEO in the first place? So actually, I started with SEO in 2017, December, mm-hmm. because I had a friend of mine with a blog, no, the, in Italian. And I noticed that someone was off because it wasn't getting traffic. So the first thing I was studying was Yoast. No, because it was very, before rank math, it was the only choice or so. Yeah. And so I started studying now the green lights, all this stuff, uh, some jargon. And from there, then I start, just started practicing. For data science, it was different. I started at the end of my bachelor, something like that, because it was getting popular, no? Especially in Europe, mm-hmm. it was just trendy, no? Like in the US uh, with yeah. data engineering. So I started studying some stuff like statistics, but it was really bad, like in mathematics code, I had never coded. So I was very bad, but I started practicing like every day for two years, something like that after university or during university because I wasn't following either. So day after day, I just, yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, it's inspiring. Cause it's like, you really, you, you, you realized you were into it. You put your head down, you learned it. When, when did you realize I have to ask you, like with Yoast, you mentioned you're studying Yoast. When did you realize that Yoast isn't like actually doing SEO that it's really just uh, kind of, if anything, a guide? <laughs> uh, six, no, six months or one, one year. I don't recall. Yeah. I would say early. Yeah. Quite early. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, uh, no, there's a little more, there's a little more to it than, than the screen signal. So how, how do you actually at this point, you know, you're, you're five plus years into being a data scientist and doing a ton of SEO. uh, Almost five for SEO. Almost. Almost five. That's, that's awesome. How did, how do you use data kind of in your SEO day-to-day tasks? Like there's a lot of opportunity there. I'm curious of, of how you approach it. Okay, so in general, we can say there are two different branches, ideally. The first is automation, which is, in my opinion, the most boring, but useful, we can say, where you just automate processes. No, so like engineering, what you would call in the US, like engineering or uh, I don't recall the name, automation engineering, no, this stuff. So it's very useful, but in my opinion, it's not all the story because it's for engineers. Mm-hmm. So for SEO, the second branch is more useful, which I would just call analysis, data, data analysis. Uh, so tar- getting insights from data, which is not so easy as many people think, uh, because it's a set of skills. It's like SEO. It's it's not like you, you do a data dump, you, you have finished. 
you should master storytelling, uh, visualization, and all of these related topics. So right. usually I do more analysis or dash dashboarding analysis or scripts, but still for analysis. Mm -hmm. And very few automation because automation is very, for me, simple. Because let's say you're, usually your stack should be either SEMrush or Ahrefs and you can't replace them for the database, yeah. not for the UI. I mean, you can clone them, but the problem is that it costs you so much that you just won't replicate them. But you can, you could actually. A Screaming Frog, but Screaming Frog is so complete, so good, that it doesn't make any sense to automate some stuff because it's so cheap and so good that you wouldn't. But for instance, analysis, getting data from Search Console, or I don't know, analyzing search engine results pages, you would want a script. Mm. So mm. for those tasks, yes, but for the usual traditional stuff, you don't want to. And, and it's interesting how you mentioned about how data science is really all about storytelling. And there, I, I personally find visualizing data really difficult. Do you think that's something that people just have a natural knack for, or is that something that you really can learn if, if you kind of sit down and study it? No, I think it's the second one. You can learn it for one yeah. reason. that I actually like storytelling or content marketing. <laughs> many stuff is, of course, obvious. You can say, oh, of course, I already know it. But how many people are you know, aware that they can use it? Mm -hmm. it, it, it seems stupid, but it's like when you know something, you, you think like, okay, this is obvious. Yeah. But it, it's not because, for instance, if you have to tell a story or, I don't know, to plot something, I'm still learning because Databits is, I'm average. I'm not super good. I'm good enough, but I'm not the best one. But still, one of the first things you learn is that you should never start, for instance, without zero. So you cannot start, like let's say your x-axis with 10. Doesn't mm -hmm. make any sense. And you, you can say, oh, okay, I already knew it. But usually you see like plots from countries, literally countries yeah. that do these simple mistakes. So then you ask yourself, mm, okay, maybe it wasn't so obvious. It's, so when you're talking about storytelling, you're doing SEO, like you both work in-house and you also yeah. do, you know, projects on the side. Yeah, Who yeah, are yeah. you telling these stories to and, and what type of stories are you telling with this data? Okay, so usually uh, for in-house, so for my employee job, it's usually to my manager or to other stakeholders, no? When I have to, because I'm, I mean, it depends on the task. For other for other jobs or roles, usually it's just for myself to understand them. Because I mean, if this my project, I mean, who is the I have to report to myself? So <laughs> you are the check. stakeholder. <laughs> yeah, I, I just check them or to my I don't know friends who are working with me. I just show them, look, this website is doing this competitor is doing that, and this other thing. Here is the plot. Look. Like what they did the other day with Gaffy, the the graph stuff, no? Mm -hmm. I just showed them, look, this this website, this competitor has these hubs. They have these URLs. I don't know about them. So we can do the same stuff, but better with more quality. So this is a very basic example. Gotcha. So you're you know, a lot of times you'll think about like like reverse engineering what competitors are doing and then to do it better or yeah yeah I usually do okay usually my favorite task is competitor analysis mm -hmm. like my favorite first place 
And as well, not just reverse engineering because it would be too, there will be no value proposition, no? These mm -hmm. will be just average affiliate marketer. I mean, come on, it's just the average. Right. Stuff. <laughs> well, are you, are you thinking about it when you're looking at competitor analysis? Are you looking at it in the context of entity SEO and like yeah, yeah, yeah. topical, not, not just like specific keywords that you're trying to rank for. You're uh, looking at it both. like more holistically. Okay. So both. how do you approach both of those? Okay. So usually, wait, I have to finish one thing before. Bring I it. always look at the value proposition first, what they mm -hmm. can offer. Because competitor analysis alone is, is like copying or emulating, which is not good enough to, right. to create value, no? So usually, yeah, for some keywords, but I just scraped all the websites, all of them, save mm -hmm. the data, then I have some scripts or I work on them on the moment, it depends, mm -hmm. to see what they have, like graphs or entities to see what they are doing, what are their best entities, their best articles, what is their architecture, to see if I can understand something, what, what, what can I use, what is useless, for instance. Let's say you have a publisher. Usually I don't like doing news because news, news content is hard. It is hard. Because it could be very timely, no? Mm -hmm. So it's not ideal for me because I want something passive, very slow, but efficient. So usually if I'm competing against a publisher and they have a lot of evergreen content in common, I just ignore the news content. I don't care because it's not something I can replicate. So I ignore it all together and they focus on the a subset of URLs that are of interest. Well, do, do you when you're looking at the intent, what sort of techniques are you using to it? Because because basically that's what you're doing, right? You're saying, okay, well, you know, for this like keyword universe, like publishers are winning the rankings to some extent, and that's not what we do. Yeah. And then are you identifying opportunities in terms of intent using code and data to yeah. then create it for your sites? Yeah, yeah. I usually use my own tools, and the reason is simple. First, because of course they are cheaper. Yep. Uh, second reason, which is kind of, I mean, <laughs> not the best thing to say, but most tools are glorified user interfaces. You just pay for the user interface. You don't pay for the for what's inside. Yep. And this is true. I mean, not considering the trio I mentioned before, like essential tools, the super essential ones. All the others, almost, almost all of them, you can replicate. And you don't need all the features. You don't need- To some extent, the... you need the data, right? Like you just need yeah. access to the data. Yeah, yeah. you just need the source. Mm -hmm. And what's, what happens to the black box, you can replicate. It's not so black. I mean, the box is not so hard to, de to decipher because you know what's inside. If you get, for instance, I don't know, a result from Screaming Frog, no? Yeah. With a full table, you know how to get them. I mean, it's not so hard, but the value proposition of Screaming Frog is that it's cheap. It has too many features for you to compete, too many. And that's why, but other tools like NLP tools, I won't mention any, but there are two tools that writers use a lot, two in particular. Uh, I tested one, mm -hmm. uh, one yeah, of these NLP tools. And uh, I mean, they're good, yeah. but in my opinion, overrated because they just do stuff that that engineers or other people already do. You just well, that, that's what I'd ask you in terms of like the way you are building your own tools. What types of libraries are you leveraging? Like, I assume you're not building everything from scratch. You're using a lot no, of open no, source. No, no, no. 
No, no. Otherwise, I wouldn't be coding. <laughs> right, exactly. It would take forever. But so, where where do you kind of start? Where you're building your open source tools, and what are some of the languages that you're using, and what are you building? Okay, so for now, just Python. The reason is simple because it's the de facto standard of community. Mm -hmm. So it's for communication, no? Because I would use R all day, but the standard of the community is Python. And since visibility is important, you just need to stick with the rules, to the rules. So you pick the most popular, no? Which is Python. So I just use Python for this stuff. And the common libraries are the, the usual, like Pandas, Matplotlib, Plotly for plotting, Seaborn uh, as well. And then of course, I, I made a full thread about the topic, but usually Trafilatura, Trafilatura is for scraping text, no? It's very powerful. Scraping text is, is annoying because you have to find the exact element in the document. And sometimes it's not so obvious because you get, I don't know, like breadcrumbs or other elements that you don't want. You have to filter them out according to the website and it's too hard. With Trafilatura, it's easier because I don't know the actual algorithm. It just works. Right, it's right. Like, you don't need with, to know. Yeah, yeah, it just works. It just get me the text I want and then I analyze it. That's it. Then Spacey, which is used for entities, but actually I don't use Spacey anymore. No? I use other solutions. Um, Are you keeping that secret or, or what? Yeah, yeah, you... yeah. One I have two, yeah. But <laughs> it's public. Okay? It's a public solution, but it's not in English. I mean, it's in every language, but it's yeah. not something you see advertised in English because these people behind the project didn't invest in marketing. Don't ask me why. But it's a very good... I can tell you the alternative that I would use, which is as good, I guess, uh, text razor, text razor. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you, I, I got to ask, is it, is there a disadvantage working in Italian? Like, do you need English or do you feel like it doesn't matter what language you're working in to develop your data science skills? Uh, okay. Actually I speak more English, American yeah. English than Italian. I mean, I'm more used to English than Italian. Okay, I didn't realize that. Of course, I only speak English. Yeah. With my friends, I speak Italian, of course, but <laughs> at, at work or in the streets, everywhere I speak English. You have to. So gotcha. English well, just because you mentioned some of these tools, like are these tools like in, are they built in English or are they built in Italian? Some All in English. Libraries? All in All English. In, yeah, it makes so sense. So my, my, my standard language for computers, uh, everything, phone, it's always American English, always been. So I don't do anything in Italian. I just have, I don't even have websites in Italian. I just have other websites that are not mine, but usually I don't want to work in Italian. I just want to work in American English or with, you know, English, even British English. I mean, whatever you, right. you, you name it, yeah, English. The, the reason I ask it and it's interesting is just in the context of mom and like the goal to like kind of make everything entities. So it's like yeah. language agnostic. I would just, yeah. I'm just curious, like there, there feels like there's this disadvantage if it's not English out there across yeah. the world. In my opinion, I mean, yeah. technically speaking, it's a bad idea. Because language agnostic is like on paper is the best idea of the world, super democratic. But in practice, this means that if you are German, French, whatever, you may get stuff from the US where they publish more. They have more budget, of course, because it's the peak of, of marketing, mm -hmm. of journalism. So it's the best country for this one or from the UK. And right. other countries like Italy, where journalism is a big world, France, Spain, would get a disadvantage because you get results from translated from English 
from, of course, English-speaking countries. So it's a disadvantage for local people, no? I mean, local companies, whatever, local press media companies, yeah. Well, it's, it's also just interesting in the context of like, you know, people who work for like internationalization and worry yeah. about like, you know, language translation versus regionality and just yeah, yeah. generally at a disadvantage anyway from an SEO perspective. But um, I do, I am curious because I, I know one of your passions is NLP and SEO. And I want to le- learn a little bit about what do you love about it? Like what got you into NLP? So actually because it was, very, I mean, it was the branch to use text as data, no? So the yeah. first thing, uh, I mean, I just needed it. And second, because there were a lot of interesting use cases, like entity recognition, all these new topics, because they're still, they're not super new, but for us, they're new. Mm-hmm. And the libraries are quite accessible. I mean, you don't have to learn a lot of math. Many stuff is <laughs> intelligible. So I just started practicing and yeah, I love it because it's very useful. You just use models that other people, other engineers, like skilled engineers train, mm-hmm. uh, the trained, you can just fine tune them or whatever, but you, you are sure that it was done by professionals. That's why I like it. I, I use what other people's are, uh, people are building. Like uh, I told you, text razor, all this stuff. Yeah. They are APIs. You pay for them, you use them. I mean... That's okay. The only one where I have complaints is yeah. Google NLP. Of course, Google products, Google NLP API. <laughs> Come on. You don't like it? No, because it's terrible with fiction. Or in some niches, mm. if you want to find, I will tell you a secret. If you want to find a good model, general model, not specific model, mm-hmm. test it on fiction. So test it on, I mean, invent some names yeah. and try to, to understand if the model is able to recognize them. Because NLP API is not able to understand Pokemon, for instance. Oh, that's interesting. That's I mean, really interesting. I mean, some of them, not all of them, but it's right. quite easy because it's not even 1,000 names and they can understand impossible stuff. But when you give them fiction, yeah. I had very bad results with fiction or invented names, invented cities, even though the syntax was logical. No, because in a, in a, in a sentence, if I tell you... I don't know, a random name, but it's capital. You say, yeah. mm, okay, this is a proper noun. No? Yeah. It, it has to be a proper noun. Uh, it, they are not always able to recognize them as subject or whatever. Like they say location. Yeah. Or they get it wrong, currency. <laughs> so I guess, I guess the, the best practice just in general with any NLP API is just to, to test it with a whole range of different topics and see how, yeah. how I, like with any machine learning, I guess, is like to make sure that it can accomplish what you want it to. What, what's actually something that SEOs misunderstand about NLP? In my opinion, if I can say it, I mean, most of, what? I mean, the majority of the community would say most of the stuff. And the first thing is text generation. So AI. Right. Because in my opinion, it's useful for product descriptions or short form text. No, it's very useful, powerful, way better than humans. Because of course, it's a monkey task. It's boring. You don't want to do it. You don't want to fix 1 million titles. Right. I mean, I agree. No one should do that. But if you want quality, like in B2B, where B2B, in my opinion, is more content marketing than pure SEO, because most of the stuff I read, they didn't know. Really, it was like, what? what is that term? Like, what? 
because yeah. it's more focused on you know you're talking to professionals you're not talking to random people let's be honest you're, you're talking to other companies or third parties right people can smell the bs if you're pulling yeah, bs yeah 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 it's very easy if you're talking to a linkedin what they do as an employee if a page is about water proofing or this stuff you are not selling it to my dad you're selling it to an engineer so right. a contract i mean is very expensive and they're not stupid so you can generate something with a machine because a machine is not able to do some other tasks or to you know have that logical flow that we have at least right. now and another thing is about the um, techniques mm-hmm. because many people think that these techniques are marginal like okay maybe google is using them why not but actually I mean, a billionaire company, multi-billionaire company like Google is based on these algorithms. Then, of course, I agree that they are bad in some countries. Uh, I wrote the other day about Italy, France, and Spain because the Serbs are really the far west. I mean, <laughs> if you check them, they are terrible. But in English, their main, their core language for their business, I mean, compared to other search engines, Here's the thing, compared to other search engines, it's better, but I'm curious, do you think search quality is good or do you think Google has a problem? Do you think they need to be better? I mean, in my opinion, considering all the stuff on Twitter, on forums, on social media, people ranking with AI content, PBNs, and stuff that it should be easy to detect because some of this stuff is very easy. You just open the website and you say, okay, this is false. Yeah, it's not very good. But on the other hand, on the other hand, mm-hmm. I have to consider that first we are considering outliers because the mm-hmm. entire population it's I don't know trillion of pages. Yeah. So that's not even so one much percent. content. Yeah, I, I don't know. So I don't want to make estimates and I don't want to be like many people, like marketers, pure marketers that, yeah. that want to teach the job to engineers. I don't want to be that guy because they are engineers, I am not. But uh, yeah, there are some stuff where I think they sleep intentionally because they make money out of it. At the end of the day, I agree about your money, your life, because you can get shoot. I mean, there, you can get a lawsuit. I agree. Yeah. But if yeah. you're talking about, I don't know, movies, stupid example, movies, why should they care if you tell me that, I don't know, Inception is a bad movie and you rank with a review that is scraped by another website? Who cares? I mean, what's the problem? I mean, I, I'm not damaging your health, no? It's fine. So why right. should Google intervene? They intervene with health, no? Healthline, these websites, Mayo Clinic, where there is more. I mean, where I can say, if I say something wrong, you can die. Right. Or about pets, this, these niches. But in entertainment or other ones, I don't think they are really good because most of the information is false. Completely. And, and like thought leadership, right? Like even they, yeah. they, I don't feel like Google's necessarily good at surfacing interesting, like interesting articles yeah. that aren't just like informational. Yeah, it's true. But in my opinion, that's because, I mean, we say a lot of stuff like, hey, this doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, you just open the results pages and then you have people stuffing. And sometimes in the US is less frequent. Mm-hmm. I mean, you find it, but it's not so common for me. But in Italy, I opened the other day a page of ICO professional in Milan. Yeah. Uh, in, ten, in 10 lines, 10. There were six occurrences of the word SEO professional in Milan. <laughs> oh, the, the, same, the same sequence. 
six times like six times in 10 lines. Right. 10. So and this stuff was ranking, huh? Like first or second, whatever. Well, it's like it's like with the helpful content update, you hope that a lot of the garbage is removed, but until it happens, I'm skeptical. Marco, dude, you you yeah. are a fascinating dude. I could talk to you forever about this stuff, but are you are you ready for some rapid fire rankings? Sure. Okay, we're gonna do this. Let's let's cue the music, put some time on the clock, and I'm gonna ask you straightforward. Here come the questions. Ready? Rank your number top three of something that you love. It can be anything, but what are the top three of something you love? Ah, things, no? Yes, things. I'd say uh, geopolitics mm -hmm. or in general uh, history, yeah, geopolitics, this stuff. Then I would say, of course, yeah, aesthetics, in particular Japanese or retro vintage stuff. Cool. Like 80s, 90s, yeah, at most. And then the last one, I would say tech in general, but tech is too boring because it's too generic. So I would just say more related to coding. Yeah. Coding oh, man, or even, yeah. Rank your best SEO or marketing win. Over every type, every type, no? Every type. Okay. So I would say one of them, once, no, actually more than once, sometimes I outrank Wikipedia because, wow. but for not for much time, then I was second, not first, then I was second uh, because it was very tough because there were these editors updating the article uh, always. So it was very hard, but for some time I was, you know, outperforming Wikipedia for some super very broad stuff because I just smashed like 60 internal links into a page, something like that. <laughs> I was pushing it and it was like a listicle. It was like one of those pages where you have history, types, and description for each type, no? And I hope you got a screenshot. Uh, not here. <laughs> no. Okay, not next one. At the time it was normal. Then uh, one, okay, for my company, which yep. is, it was in Thai language. I don't, I can't read it. <laughs> I just told no, it. Basically, just told them, look, write this article because it was working in other countries. It should also work in your country as well, I guess. Just write it and it was ranking first, bringing quite some traffic. And I'm like, okay, it works. So I, I never checked it. And another one, my first, even though I hope that in one year we'll have even better because I have some big projects. But the first one I would say was I made a big project like has meshed a lot of, uh, we can say, related supporting pages, like 60 or 70 mm -hmm. uh, to, into our main pillar, pillar page, no? Mm -hmm. And that stuff was ranking first for, it was the definition of topical authority. Dude, Literally that awesome. website was only getting traffic from that subset of pages, even after years. I mean, it just meshed all the possible. It was very, very careful, careful, carefully planned because it was. So this pillar page, that was this hub that was linking to all the other pages, all of them, all the 60 pages. No, so a big hub, and then vice versa. From the from the supporting pages, you had like, if you want more information, please check the anchor text to the main. And I was like, okay, 
20 of this, 10 of this, 10 of this. I was having a subset of anchors. And then, uh, what, no, there was others, ah, other stuff. Many people, I mean, I disagree with them because they don't know what they're talking about, but in my <laughs> opinion, it works. Uh, I was yep. talking about topics not on Google, like analysis. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, um, I don't know, it's like, it's like you're writing, let's say, about a movie or something like that, or even yeah. laptops. And maybe some stuff is not searched on Google, but it fits the topic. I was writing some stuff, even if it was getting zero traffic, just to improve the, the authority of my content, to prove that I am original and I know about the topic, and yep. it worked. That's it awesome. Work. That's pretty good. Okay, rank your top three SEO tools. Okay, uh, number three, maybe, I mean, I'm very basic with this stuff. I would yeah. say, wait, tools, you, you mean paid tools? Like on the paid market? tools, your top three paid tools. On the market. So that on you the can market. Work. It could be okay. a free tool as well. It could be a free tool as well. Actually, I don't know. I mean, I would say third, no, maybe let's start from the top mm-hmm. or the middle. Second yep. place, Swimming Frog. Okay. <laughs> third place, I would say Samrush or Hrefs. I have no mm-hmm. big problem. I mean, one, I mean, is a side for me. First place, oof. I don't actually know. I want to say some some bullshit like Google Docs, but you told me paid tools. Uh, <laughs> no, really, uh, because what is the paid? You mean the, the their actual documentation? Yeah, no, I, I usually use my tools, like uh, or stream meetups from someone else. They are not really gotcha. paid because I told you the entire goal is not paying; it's saving budget for writing or other tasks. But I would say my tools are tools from other people that I know how to modify to change. Or um, yeah, that's why I don't that's know. Okay. But if you really need a tool, in yes. general, I would say first place Search Console. Like yes, the, of course. Position, position zero, not even first. Position zero. <laughs> rank, rank. You know, like that position zero. Rank your best SEO trick or tactic. Your number one, just one. Just one. Just one. Number one. Uh, I know it's very simple, but many people miss this. I just take what I mean. You already know it. You just I just first Google what's on SERP. Mm-hmm. I of course understand the intent and all the stuff. But what many people lack is that they usually follow the advice or look on Quora, look on Reddit, look on YouTube to expand your topic. I agree, it's very useful. You should do it. But what's more useful is actually studying the topic and knowing what you should write. So my usually my usual advice to diversify your topics is to add first. If you can, yeah. I mean, in some niches you can't. But if you can add personal opinions and be detailed in your language, because it's, just, it's not just for copywriting; it's for Google. You have to be detailed. So what they do is that, let's say, best laptops for gaming or best laptops for college. Perfect example. I make a listicle because the format is listicle. No, you have top ten, let's say, and you put a list of, of laptops. What I would say, or for universities, universities even better. What I would say is that uh, I recommend Dell XPS for engineering or for studying chemical engineering because my friend or etc. did that. And you are specific, like you can pass chemistry, use MATLAB, whatever, with this computer is better. Or I can say I bought a MacBook Air because I only use Python. 
and you do you give actual advice that many people don't give like i don't know if you are studying economics you probably need i don't know windows because you're using more excel and right and right practical not, advice that's related yeah, yeah. to the topic it makes sense and that's why you rank okay rank, don't do it. no it's, it's shocking rank what you love one thing that you love most about seo Winning. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Okay, rank your best learning SEO resource. You mean website or? The, that it could be something that you learn from a course. It could be, a, well, I'll ask you your top people. It could be, you know, what what, what blog do you learn the best from? Uh, Oncrol, Oncrol. Yeah. Uh, Christ, Pray mm -hmm. Christ, Solistic mm -hmm. SEO Digital. Yep. And blogs. Because, I've, okay, sometimes search engine journals when they have corporations, when, when they collaborate <laughs> with other people, now they are side note. Hrefs is also good. They have a good blog, in my opinion. They have a very good yeah. blog. Sambrush, in the in recent times, they've improved their quality a lot. If yeah. we ignore yeah. the parentheses of the, acquis uh, the acquisition of the other guy, if yes. ignore the parentheses, <laughs> it's quite good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been, I haven't heard much about it, uh, although, although some of this stuff's good. Uh, although we know we know all the yeah, all yeah. the things with that guy. Anyway, okay, rank the top one to three SEO or marketers that you most look up to. Oof, this is quite hard. I would say Lee Foot, mm -hmm. of course, Ooh, your friend great. of mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, oof, Lily Rai. Yep, she's brilliant. In particular, yeah, one of my favorite in general. And then, actually, I would say a lot of people. Probably Elias Dabbas would be one of them. Yeah. Dabbas. You love your coders, your, your, yeah, your, yeah. your developers, people who are and in Neville the weeds. Pini. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Pini. yeah. Yeah. Pini. Very good. And I don't know because it's very hard. I can mention a lot of people. Yeah. But yeah. for instance, for machine learning, Just Pack is also very good. She's so good. Lazarina uh, Stoy. Uh, mm -hmm. My friend, so many also, people. Yeah, my friend Luke Davis. Yes, very, Luke's very, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can choose. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great <laughs> list. And, and finally, Marco, rank your number one cause or charity that you want to promote. What do you mean? I mean Just a, a, a charity or a cause that's important to you that people can either donate their money or their time to, or you want to bring awareness to. Actually, okay, interesting question. I don't know. I would say Ukraine, mm -hmm. because of course is the one of the most important problems yeah. for now. Uh, but also cancer as well. I don't know any associations actually, yeah. uh, because I, I don't know how to work in other countries. Right. But usually right. in some companies they can just take a part of your salary, so yeah. you don't know you don't you're not donating directly. They just take a part of your salary. But so that's, you that's just great. declare that you want no that you want to donate no. So I have no yes. direct associations, like direct contact, but I would say, yeah, cancer. That cause or, and helping out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love or it. You, Marco, someone wants to find you online. What, what's the best way? Where do you hang out? Are you mostly on Twitter, LinkedIn? Where, where's the best way to get in touch with Marco if they want to ask you a question? Okay, Twitter. Yeah. LinkedIn, I'm starting to post again. Yeah. But the problem is that it's like five years behind in terms of <laughs> what's there. It's yep. very slow paced compared to Twitter. It's very slow paced, but I admit that for in my opinion, 
there is less flame on LinkedIn. Yes. Yeah. Because Twitter, I, think, I think that's right. Twitter encourages flame. They want you to flame on Twitter. LinkedIn <laughs> is more, for me, is more peaceful. I mean, I know there is a lot of bullshit, of course, but it's. That's, that's interesting. We'll have the links to your to your um, profiles on both the social networks. Thank you so much for joining me. This was a great conversation. No problem. <laughs> the pleasure was, is mine. Absolutely. That was Marco Giordano. My name is Garrett Sussman of Apple Rank for another episode of Rankable. We will catch you next week. See you later.